0: Worried about your drinking? Reserve your place on today's free quit drinking webinar and get a copy of my best-selling book, Alcohol Lied to Me, as a gift just for turning up. www.stopdrinkingexpert.com. Ah, Calimera, good morning it's very early here seven o'clock in the morning in cyprus i'm sitting here drinking my coffee as usual and i just thought i'd jump in and talk about a subject that quite a lot of people have been asking me about lately and that is the relationship between alcohol and friendship does alcohol create friends does alcohol create that social network that is so essential to a happy life let's talk about that just a reminder if you've just stumbled across my youtube channel or my podcast or my website Don't sit on the sidelines like everyone else. Join the free quit drinking webinar and I'll explain to you how this process works. I'll even give you a copy of my best-selling book, Alcohol Lied to Me, as a gift just for turning up. So, friendships and alcohol. It would appear at a tertiary glance that alcohol is a social lubricant and that drinkers have a much bigger and better and broader social life than sober people. And quitting drinking removes that. So have we actually just discovered a negative to sobriety here? And the answer, as usual, is no, because anything more than a tertiary glance, if we put this situation under the microscope, we see it for what it really is. I remember back at the peak of my drinking... I thought I was a super popular guy. I could walk into any bar in my town and 20, 30 people would be like, hey, oh, Craig's here. Hey, get Craig a drink. Hey, how you doing, Craig? So, yeah, I'm pretty popular. I had like 2,000 friends on Facebook from people I just met in bars and things. Uh, Today, you know how many friends I've got? I think it's about 16. (laughs) Um, I, I deleted everyone that I genuinely thought, who are you? So, I thought I was super popular. I thought I had lots of friends. But the truth is this those people that are in your life because you just happen to consume the same drug are there because you're providing them a service, not because they particularly like you. You are providing a safety and numbers illusion to them. And the other people around you are providing that service to you. Drinkers have to grab on to anything that validates their behavior because it's illogical it doesn't make any sense drinking diluted poison for fun makes no sense it is indefensible. You cannot defend it. And so you have to find things that look like evidence to surround yourself, to give your subconscious the validation to continue doing something that is just stupid. And what drinkers love more than anything else is the illusion of safety in numbers. So this is why drinkers like to drink together in bars and things that, you know, especially, especially if they can look around and see people that they respect. You know, at the peak of my drinking, professionally, I was doing really well. I was the the director of two multi-million pound companies. I was the patron of a children's charity. had a very nice house and a very nice car. I was the program director of a, a radio station for the whole of the city where I lived. So I provided a valuable service to other drinkers because... A lot of people respected me, and they could look at me and say, well, you know, Craig's drinking the poison, so therefore it can't be too bad. So, yeah, I was popular because I provided an exceptional service. But when I stopped drinking, all these hundreds of people that I would call friends just drifted away. They disappeared. So you've got to ask the question, were they friends in the first place? Or were they there because I was providing a service? and vice versa. I would argue that this big social network that drinkers think they have is is just an illusion. 99% of these people don't care about you. Think about it. Be honest. How many of these friends that you have that you drink with would really be there for you? If you you turned up at their door two in the morning needing to borrow money and in a terrible state, how many of them would bring you in, give you money, look after you, and set you on your way? Not many honestly. And that was demonstrated to me a few years ago in a very sad situation. Um, a guy I knew, um, big drinker, big social network. Everyone loved him. Uh, it was, you know, when he walked into a bar, it was like, cheers. You remember the sitcom cheers? He walked in, everyone was like, Hey, And I just thought, this guy must be never on his own. He's just so popular. He had hundreds of friends. Everyone knew him. Everyone loved him. And he died of alcohol-related causes. You know how many people went to his funeral? About 10. Because he was no longer providing a service, they didn't really care. They liked that he was a part of the network, but they didn't care enough to take a day off work, go to his funeral. Very sad, but it's very common. It happens all the time. So the first thing I want you to be aware of with alcohol and friendship and relationships to a certain extent is that alcohol creates an illusion. It creates a virtual reality where you believe that you have this amazing social life and you have lots of friends. The question you've got to ask yourself is, do you want to live in reality or do you want to live in virtual reality? Do you want to live in a fantasy world or do you want to live in a a real world? And there's, you know, there was some study done many years ago where they asked people. They did this big survey and they asked people. You got two choices. You want to continue in your life as it is, or do you want to have an amazing, beautiful, exciting life in virtual reality until you die? So basically, they'll put you in a tank, put a headset on you, put, you know, kind of knock you out so you're not aware of what's going on, like living in a dream state, but it's perfect. You get the girl, you get the man of your dreams, you're a millionaire, you're driving around in a yacht and all this sort of stuff, but it's not real. You're just in a computer simulation. Virtually everybody chose reality over perfection in a fantasy world. And so if you're still drinking, you've got to ask yourself the same question. Are you really going to spend the rest of your life living in this fantasy that you're hugely popular and you have loads of friends? Or do you want to bite the bullet and start what life is supposed to be like. Because it's not a bad thing. I used to be the guy with 2,000 friends on Facebook. I've got 16 now, I think. I used to be the guy that, you know, I'd walk into a bar and people go, hey, Craig, hey, 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 loads of friends, right? Now nobody knows me when I walk into a bar. I don't go to parties. I can count on one hand that I've, the parties I've been to in the last two or three years. If I do go to your party, I'm leaving at 10 o'clock when I'm tired. Now, that might sound depressing, but the flip side of that is I don't have any fake relationships in my life. I don't have people pretending they like me. I don't have, I don't wake up feeling terrible, lying to myself that I had a great time last night, because I drank a lot of alcohol and got stupid with people who don't care about me. I have a very select bunch of friends, but I know they are genuinely my friends. So that's the first thing about alcohol and friendships. The second thing is, while alcohol creates the illusion of friends that are just fake, it also runs the risk of destroying real, genuine friendships in your life. Because your true friends... The people who love you and care about you and have a vested interest in your well-being are not there just because you're providing a service, as in that safety net. They're there because they love you. And so if you start doing self-destructive things or hurting people you love, you you start having an affair or something like that, they're going to have a word with you, and you're not going to take it well. You're not going to take it as it was intended. You're going to fight back. Your shields are going to go up, and you're going to get defensive, and you're going to attack them back. And that doesn't happen with your fake friends. You can have a big fist fist fight and a big barney with them in the bar one night, and the next night you'll just make up and con- continue drinking. With your genuine friends, they're not going to take that abuse because they don't need the service you're providing. And you run the risk of doing real damage to the actual relationships that are worth keeping. And you end up keeping the bad relationships, the bad friendships, and losing the good ones. And I've talked about this many times before, and I'll just briefly mention it again. Again, you know, if you make a big enough mistake in this area because of alcohol, you can permanently destroy friendships. A lot of your friends will forgive you, but sometimes you'll get it so badly wrong, like I did, that that's it. You lose a friend friend, friend for life. You know, I talk about my friend. Uh, I, this is this must be must be 15, 16 years ago now. But genuinely lovely guy everyone loved him and um we were very good friends used to spend a lot of time together worked in the same industry he was in the radio industry i was in the radio industry and uh, we used to spend a lot of time together really funny guy Really lovely man. And he took me out one night and he said, I'm going to treat you tonight. We went for a meal. He paid for everything. He paid for my drinks. We went on to a bar. He, we continued drinking. He paid for everything. He said, I don't want a penny off you. I just want to treat you tonight. Anyway, I got hammered. I got absolutely hammered. And about one o'clock in the morning, for some reason, and I still don't know why to this day, I assaulted him. Not physically, I verbally assaulted him. I just unleashed on this guy. I just, I ripped him to pieces. And I don't know why I just absolutely got stuck in. We both got taxis and went home and I woke up in the morning and had that slow realization that it wasn't a dream. It wasn't a nightmare. It had happened. I was like, oh, my God, did I say that? Why would I say that to him? I picked up the phone immediately and I rang him and I apologized profusely. I'm so, so sorry. I don't know. I don't know why I did that. I'm so, so sorry. And he very gracefully accepted my apology. Call ended, and I've never seen him since. I've not even had a text. The relationship ended at one o'clock in the morning with me assaulting him like that. And that's all on me. And he's completely within his rights. He's probably, you know, He was probably thinking, I wonder if that's the truth. I wonder if that's what he really thinks. And completely destroyed a genuinely good relationship, a good friendship with a guy who uh, actually cared about me. And I'll never forget that. So alcohol has that power to also strip you of things that are worth having as well. And there's there's kind of a crossover here into relationships as well. The problem with alcohol is it, it changes your loyalties. So, if you get, if you meet the man or woman of your dreams, you get married, and then you develop a drinking problem, you effectively bring a third person into your relationship. It's almost like having an affair. Because when alcohol has got a hold of you, your decisions will be skewed by what the evil clown wants. Sad to say, but when push comes to shove, when given the choice, of doing what is best for the evil clown or your children or the evil clown or your wife or your husband or your best friend, a lot of the time you will choose the clown. Your wife will say to you, I really want to go to this place at the weekend. I really, really would love to go. It would make, you know, make my month or whatever. The evil clown is saying, no, 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 no. We're staying at home and having a barbecue this weekend because that way you can get slaughtered. You will find a way to talk your wife out of going to that place you wanted to go. Your kids want to go to the soft play uh, center this weekend. You will find a way of persuading them that what they really want to do is sit in front of the TV and watch a movie with you. It turns you into a bad person. And I know because I've been there and I've done it. I have talked my kids out of a fun weekend to get them to do what I wanted to do because I could drink while doing it and that is pretty shitty to accept so yeah friendships don't really come out that well when mixed with alcohol so forget that illusion that popular narrative that alcohol is a social lubricant it's not it's a destroyer of friendships it's a destroyer of relationships and it's it it's not worth having It appears it is at a tertiary glance, and I encourage you in this episode of the Happy Sober Podcast to just look a little bit deeper into it. It is not what it appears to be at first glance. Thanks so much. Don't forget, get to the website, stopdrinkingexpert.com. There are loads of articles on there and free advice, and you can also sign up for today's free quit drinking webinar as well. Worried about your drinking? Reserve your place on today's free quit drinking webinar and get a copy of my best selling book, Alcohol Lied to Me, as a gift just for turning up. www.stopdrinkingexpert.com